All right, good stuff right there. You say, why are we still talking about the nativity? Christmas is over. Oh, is it? Is the nativity done? We're not even close to being done. Just because Christmas is over doesn't mean the story is done, and that's the beauty of the nativity. I've been teaching you all the month of December how to use a simple picture of the gospel and God's love for this world and God's love for each and every one of you through the nativity. And as we dig into that, it shouldn't be just because we are done with Christmas Day, it shouldn't be that we just keep it alive so we can get more presents. It should be the reality, like Howard spoke about earlier, that we stay focused on the Christmas present, the one that God gave to man, the story and the life of Jesus. Now, it's the day after Christmas, what we celebrate as Christ's birthday, and that day changed all of human history, and it certainly changed my history, my story, and I hope it has changed yours. If you have the same old life, and you just know the Christmas story, but you don't know the Christ of Christmas, I pray that your story would change today. That today would be the day of your salvation as we dig into his story through the nativity. Let's review for just a moment. As you pull it out each year, I hope you haven't put it up yet, because the nativity is still legit. It still works even after Christmas. I'll show you how in just a moment. But as we put it out at the beginning of our Christmas season, and as you set it up, you begin with the stable. That is a picture of humility that God humbled himself he left a throne as the king of kings and the lord of lords and he humbled himself to the point of a servant was born in a stable speaking of how he would humble himself to the point of even death we then talked about the innkeeper and even though he isn't uh, probably a figurine in your nativity we talked about the reality that stable was provided by somebody who didn't have much to give but he gave all he had in that moment and the reality that we too need to surrender all that we have unto the Lord and to ministering to other people. We then talked about Mary and how her life of purity and devotion to those things that were holy, God's holy design for her life, allowed her to be the one who would bear the one Jesus in this world. For he would come through a virgin born of the Holy Spirit. It was her pure life that made her eligible to be used by God. We then talked about Joseph and his commitment to be true to her and to God's call as the angel appeared to him and he stayed true to that. He could have shrugged it off, he could have pushed it off and, and acted like, man, i got to protect my reputation in the community. And yet he was a man of devotion and commitment. Then we talked about baby Jesus, the point of the whole story is God would leave heaven, take on flesh and dwell among us, Emmanuel. And then we talked about the shepherds, and we put the shepherds in the nativity set, and we talked about their faithfulness, that they said, what we have heard from the angels, we must immediately go, and they rushed out to go see this baby Jesus. And then, as Howard said earlier, they not only received that special moment with the Lord, they not only connected with God in that moment, but then they spread that message throughout all the world. They said, we've got to tell everybody what we have heard and what we have seen. Now you can go ahead and put in those critters. Most of them come with, a, with an ox and some sheep and some critters. And speaking of critters, that segues into a special ministry event we have in January. We're doing a wild game feast, all right? So as you think about those critters in your nativity set, you can start praying for our wild game feast on January the 30th. We're going to provide for you things that you probably have never tasted before that you need to experience, all right? Uh, if you ever watch the Beverly Hillbillies, we pulled out Granny's old recipe for her 
Crazy Critter Stew, we've got stuff for you. You just need to be there January 30th. You'll hear more about it in the new year. So now we've got the critters in the stable, all right? Well, each piece, as you reflect on that nativity, each piece is a reflection of those that God used, but those who only were used because they responded in a heart of faith. Again, I want to show you the power of that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. And what you see every time you look at that nativity is you're going to see in living color the reality of this verse. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 it says, And without faith, listen to this, it is impossible to please God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What if I show up for church on December 26? Surely that's pleasing to God, right? It's not talking about attending church. It's not talking about anything that we do. It is responding to the one who has done it all. It is walking by faith. And when we do that, when we faith God, it pleases him. And what does that look like? What does it mean to live by faith? Well, it describes it. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. It starts there. First base is not just knowing there's a God. I I believe there was a God. I told you many, many times before I'd pray to Jesus when I was growing up because I needed him to save me from spankings and trouble and getting grounded and all those other issues. But I just was familiar with God. I didn't know God. I didn't know that he is Emmanuel. I didn't know that he was the savior of the world. I just knew he was somebody you're supposed to pray to. So I did. The one who walks by faith knows that he is, look at the second thing he says, that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. I hope you didn't come to church today just out of habit or because you have to, but I hope today you really came to seek the Lord. And I hope not just today, but I hope tomorrow, the next day, and all through this week, and all into 2022, that we would keep this same heart of the shepherds, that we would continue to seek God every day and to walk by faith. Why? Because that's what pleases him. And as you please the Lord, he pours out his blessings in that. A life of faith, a life that believes that he is, and a life that seeks him is rewarded. We're going to see that in the last piece we're going to put in the nativity. If you have your Bibles now, turn to Matthew, and let's go to chapter 2, and let's look at verse 1. Let's look at the next piece, those who continue to seek him. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. We dig in on the rest of the story. Now you can place those Magi, or what you may know as the wise men in your nativity set, Uh, tradition has it there are three we don't know how many wise men there were we just know that there were several magi more than one they believe it was three because of the three gifts that were laid out but that's just tradition it doesn't matter how many what matters is the hearts of these wise men says here that they came seeking to worship him they didn't come to seek a sideshow they didn't come to seek a miracle they didn't come to seek something from God and say hey make us more prosperous They didn't bring the gifts so that God would give them more back, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. They came for one reason. They came to worship him. Why have you come today? Well, I need God to bless me. Well, what if instead we came to bless him? What if instead we came seeking something from God? We came like the wise men and we came simply to worship him. 
Look at verse 2 again as we think about these wise men. It says that they showed up in Jerusalem. Why would they go to Jerusalem? Well, look at verse 2 again. It says this, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Well, if you're a wise man and you know that prophecy is spoken of one that would come that would be the ruler of all of Israel, this king that was coming, that was prophesied for hundreds of years, and now a star has declared his birth, where would you go to find a king for Israel? You go to the capital city, right? You go to the palace. You go to where all kings live and where a king should be born. As we said earlier, he wasn't born in a palace. He was born in a stable. And look at the last part of verse 2. Another clue we see is it says, For we saw his star in the east. That was the sign that was given to them. That's what they were studying. These magi were basically, uh, in that day, astrologers. They were studying the heavens and the stars. And all that God has created, we know, speaks the story of the one who created all this. It's even written in the sky and written in the stars. And then they saw his star. Why were they looking for this star? Where does that come from? Well, if you want to see it in your Bibles, you can, or you'll see it on the screen. Numbers 24, verse 17, gives us a prophecy of this one that would be born. And listen to what it says. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. One of the many prophecies in the Old Testament that spoke to the coming one, the one that would come to crush Satan's head, and the one that would come to be the savior of the world. They thought he was going to be an earthly king. He came to be the king of all eternity, over your eternity, my eternity, and all eternity. And it was prophesied that there would be a star, his star. It was prophesied that one would raise up with a scepter, a ruler, a king. And these Wise men, these magi who studied, who studied the scriptures even. You say, well, I thought the magi were pagan. We're going to come back to that in just a moment and how they were exposed to the truth of God's word. But as we look in on the story, we see there are these wise men who seek the Lord and then there are some who think they're wise and don't need the Lord. I'm going to give you some illustrations during Christmas time. Here are just a few examples. I hope you can see it on the screen. First one is the one that went out Christmas shopping this year. And there's your Christmas present. How would you like that to be somebody who's going out and purchasing your gift? If you haven't seen it yet, look to the top of the car. There's your Christmas gift. How many of you have done that recently? Left a purse up there, a child, an adult, a spouse, or someone, or a Christmas gift on your car? Not so wise here's the next one this one got a brand new mattress had to make sure got it home safe for Christmas you probably can't see it real good if you could you'd be laughing louder than you are now that's just somebody who's not very wise here's somebody wanted a boat for Christmas got their first boat they took it to the lake to try to launch it on the boat ramp forgot to read the manual not how you load the boat somebody couldn't afford Christmas presents this year like they wanted to their kids wanted all those funky apple products so here's what he came up with for his kids for Christmas got him an apple notebook right there not so wise then there are those trying to bring our parents into the digital age got a computer for grandma 
She's trying to type a thank you note. Misspelled a word. What do you do if you're grandma? You always break out the whiteout. Can I get an amen? Anybody remember whiteouts? Thank you, Jesus. I can still smell whiteout in my nostrils. Not so wise. People walk among us that live like that. Not so wise. But these wise men set for us the standard. They didn't miss it. They weren't confused. They understood that the most important thing they could do is to worship him. And I, I bet you got some neat stuff yesterday, and you've been probably talking about it already, or maybe you gave some really great presents, or maybe you're still looking for Look on top of your car when you go out to the parking lot in just a little while. But all that stuff that happened yesterday, as fun as it was to exchange those gifts, to try to show somebody how much we love and appreciate them, the greatest gift we have now is to be able to literally worship the holy God who created us. That we're no longer separated from him in our sin. We're no longer lost in the darkness of all the vile things that once consumed our hearts. But now we can have a new life and a new way of living. Worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We assume that these three guys, however many they were, doesn't matter. It matters that what they were doing, they were seeking the Lord to worship the one that they knew was coming to be the Savior of the world. And how did they get there? Listen to this line. You'll like this after last year. They trusted the science. They trusted the science. The science that would declare there would be a star that would point the way to the one who was worthy of worship. Not all science is bad, only that science that wants to discredit there is a creator, that there is a God of the universe, but there's a lot of science that speaks to the one who put it all together. Colossians chapter 2 verse 3 says this, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Not in theories, not in hypotheses that are created by man, but what has been revealed to man through our holy God who created us. It goes on in verse 9 and says this, and in him, in him all the fullness of deity dwelt. It wasn't Mary and Joseph's son that was born unto us. It was the child born of the Holy Spirit through a virgin, delivered to planet earth to redeem us from our sins. And that's who they came to seek. Let me show you the power of a life that truly seeks the one who created them. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Psalm 119. It's not going to be on the screen anymore. There were too many scriptures, and so uh, we're just going to have to go the old-fashioned way into your Bible. If you don't have one, look over your neighbor's shoulder. Here we go. Psalm 119, verse 2, look at what it says. How blessed are those, you want to be blessed? I told you earlier, you don't come to be blessed, but you want to be blessed? How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. Now these magi were men of influence. They were men of prestige and, and, and reputation. They apparently had quite good means among themselves as they were able to bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They brought nice gifts. There wasn't any plastic. There wasn't any breakables. There wasn't any return it back to the store. And these ones, he brought the best of gifts. They were already blessed materially, but they didn't come for more blessing. They didn't come for more physical things in this world. They were blessed. You know why? Because they sought him with all their heart. They would not be 
block. They would not be uh, held up. They moved with all their hearts to find this one who had been born. Psalm 105, just flip back a little ways to Psalm 105, verses 3 and 4. Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Anybody glad here this morning? Anybody awake this morning and glad because you know the Lord and you're worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who was born in a manger and the one who is alive today. He just didn't die on a cross. He rose from the dead to give you eternal life. That's the king we celebrate, verse 4. So seek the Lord and seek his strength. Seek his face continually. Yesterday, we sought the hands of those who wanted to give us a gift. Uh, that's how you get a gift. You, you have somebody who's holding a gift and they bring it to you and they offer it and you get the gift as you take it from their hands. I've told you before, too often we're seeking God's hand more than we're seeking his face. It's a whole different experience to seek the face of God instead of the hand of God. Lord, I need you to do this. That's seeking the hand. Lord, help me in this. That's seeking his hand of provision. What about just seeking the Lord? Lord, I love you with all my heart. And Lord, I'm not worried about all this other stuff. Lord, I just... I just need time with you. I need time with the one who created me, the one who provides for me, the one who died for me, the one who rose again from the dead and lives on the throne. Lord, I just want to be with you. That's seeking his face. Seek his face continually. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 7 says this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. I would encourage you that while you can be blessed, know that there's a blessed place. Know the blessing of seeking God. Know this. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed a year from now. You're not guaranteed uh, a point in the future. All you have is this moment, this day he's made. Seek him and pursue him in this moment. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Don't put it off. Don't say, well, I have other stuff to do. I'll get to that later. I'll wait a few more years. I'll sow my wild oats. I still want to do this or that. Seek him while he may be found. Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Have you ever sought the Lord for your pardon? I never knew I had to do that. I thought I had to make up for my mistakes. I thought I had to, I didn't know there was a pardon to be had. I thought the way you got pardoned was you outdid your bad. You did more good and you started going to church and you quit going to parties and you started doing better things and started doing stuff for others instead of seeking things for you. And if you added up enough stuff, You'd have a resume to present to God that would allow you into heaven. It says here in Isaiah that we need to seek the Lord and his pardon. It's the Lord we've sinned against. It's the Lord that we have fallen short of his glory and pursued everything unholy instead of he who is holy. 
And God said, if you would confess your sins, if you would seek my pardon, if you would seek my person, I would pardon your sin, all unrighteousness. I remember thinking there were some things I knew God would be able to forgive, but I also thought there were some things I'd done that there's no way God could forgive. Maybe you bought into that lie as well, but Jesus said, I will forgive all unrighteousness. Seek him while he may be found. It's interesting as we look in on this nativity, as we place the magi, and, and, and frankly, the magi shouldn't be in the nativity, the place of his birth. They didn't find Jesus at the stable. They didn't show up the next day or even that evening. It was a while later, up to a year to two years. We don't know exactly how long. You can follow different clues throughout the Gospels, and what we find is they came from the east, the Orient. That's going to take a while. They didn't come on airplane, although our airplanes today are taking slower than the camels of their day, it looks like, over these holidays. They made their way, and then they made their way into Jerusalem. They spent time there pursuing, going around all Jerusalem. Where's the king? Where's the king? Where's the king? Couldn't find anybody who knew where he was. Glorious star that appeared, they all missed it. Then there was Herod. So we find the Magi seeking the king. We find Herod who was opposing the king. And then we find the Jewish priests. These are supposed to be the wise men. These are the ones who study the word. If anybody should have known where Jesus the king was, it should have been the priests. So go back to Matthew chapter 2. Let's look at the rest of this story, verse 3. The Magi have showed up in Jerusalem. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. Why was he troubled? Well, these guys were seeking some new king. Whoa, whoa, wait, I'm boss. I'm king. Don't don't be telling me there's another king. This is my kingdom. This is my reign. He was greatly bothered. He gathered together the chief priests and the scribes of the people, and he inquired of them, where was the Messiah to be born? Now, notice this. Herod doesn't debate the fact that there was a prophecy. He doesn't deny the reality that he knew a king someday would be born. They all knew this. So he gathers up his wise men. Uh, Tell me where this king is to be born. They said to him, watch this, in Bethlehem. How did they know that? Because it was prophesied. We looked at that these past few weeks. In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For from you will come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. They told the king the right answer. Isn't that where Jesus was born? Yes. What's fascinating to me is the king's wise men were not so wise, were they? They're like many people in the church today. They're very familiar with what the Bible says. They're very familiar with who Jesus is. He was born in Bethlehem. He was laid in a manger. We know the story. We know the facts. But it hasn't changed our life. We miss it. Because as you see this, if they would have known the fact and they would have known the Magi had seen a star and had declared the one has been born and they knew that this is what prophecy had been speaking of for hundreds and hundreds of years, they would have joined the Magi and they would have run to Bethlehem. But all they did was give the Sunday school answer. All they did was speak the truth. He would be born in Bethlehem. 
He is Jesus. Always say Jesus at church. You'll get the answers right in Sunday school every single time. They did the same. They quoted Micah chapter 5 too, but they didn't obey Micah chapter 5 verse 2. They should have gone running to seek him. Matthew chapter 2 verse 10. The star appears again and they rejoice exceedingly with great joy. As they continue to take their steps of faith, leaving their homeland, leaving the east, leaving the orient, making all their way into Jerusalem, every step a step of faith, the star appears again. And the star would guide them. Many believe it was the Shekinah glory, the same glory of God that guided Israel through the wilderness to the promised land. That it was the same way in this moment. And whether it was a real star, whatever it was, God got the light going on and showed them their path. And they were excited and their hearts were full of joy. You want to be full of joy this Christmas? We already proved it doesn't come from what's under a tree. It came from the one that hung on the tree. It comes from knowing the one who gives us our pardon. It comes from the one who gives us that relationship with him. And so we find the issue of great joy. Now I'm sure they had some saddle sores. I'm sure they weren't happy about parts of the journey. I'm sure these guys were hungry, probably uh, wind burned or sunburned. I'm sure that they created a lot of different issues of pain that didn't make them happy. But did you know you can still have joy when your happenings aren't going exactly the way you want them to? But you can only have that joy as you seek the Lord. Psalm 95 verse 1 says, O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods well let's wrap it up and listen listen to this go to uh, matthew chapter 2 verse 11 matthew chapter 2 verse 11 they kept seeking him christmas wasn't over because the christ had been born they still lived a life of seeking him to worship him after coming into the house notice it wasn't a stable They saw the child. That word child there translates into a Greek word for a child. Not an infant, not a little baby, but a small one with some age. We don't know exactly how old Jesus was in this moment. We just simply know it wasn't the next day. It was a season and a time just after that. They came seeking him. How did they know to seek Jesus? How did they know about a star how do they know what was prophesied these were magi from the east these were pagans how do they know well if you study on the magi they come from babylon and as you remember and go back in your bible history you remember that god transplanted some witnesses into babylon daniel and his friends daniel if you remember the story would be raised up in favor in the land of Babylon and it is believed that it was Daniel his prophecies his understanding of scripture and that one was coming that Daniel taught all of that to the magi of Babylon he taught Bible study to them he brought them scripture and taught them Micah taught them these truths 
taught him what God revealed to him. If you go back and read Daniel, there are many, many prophecies of the coming one who would come. And he taught them about this one. We don't know if they were believers as a whole. Apparently they had been transformed because they came to worship him. And as they arrived, they found the child with Mary, his mother. They fell to the ground. They worshipped him. And after they worshipped him, they opened their treasures. And they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We look in on this last part of the nativity. We find some unique people. Magi, astrologers, scientists of the day. Who come a long, long way over a long, long journey. Not so God would bless them, but so they could bless God. I hope that as you leave this morning, I hope you'll leave with one message from this scripture. That to be blessed comes from living a life of worship. Not worshiping the things of this world. Not worshiping ourselves and making it about us. But worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so they brought gifts. Now, some of you really struggled. I know I do this. I just struggle trying to find the right gift for somebody, and I'm not real good at it. And so Cammie bails me out the majority of the time and helps me figure out what to get other people. Maybe you struggle with that. How would you like to try to get a Christmas gift for Jesus? What are you going to get him? He has everything. What do you get somebody who has everything? They brought three unique gifts gold. Why would they bring gold? They're trying to buy off Jesus, trying to impress him with their gold. Hey, God, you need me in your kingdom. Paying their way in? No. Gold is what you would present to a king. That's the king's treasury. They understood it wasn't theirs anyway. They were given back to the one who had blessed them. That's a heart of worship. Frankincense. Now, some of you are thinking about one of those things you hang from your mirror in your car to make it smell good because you've been in that car eating McDonald's french fries. That isn't what we're talking about. Frankincense was used in the place of worship. It was the incense that went up as a sweet aroma to God. It was a high form of worship, and that's what they brought to the one and the only one that we can worship. And then you find myrrh. Myrrh was used in the anointing, anointing of kings, but also embalming the dead. Whether they understood this king would die for their sins, I, don't, I doubt it. I doubt they understood all that. I think they were probably bringing it because that's how you anointed a king. They were declaring, you're the king, you're my king. But it would be used, I'm sure, for his death, his burial that he would rise again to be the king of kings and the lord of lords the first christmas gift was god's gift to man jesus a high price was paid for that gift that gift that hung on the first christmas tree a cross hanging there as a demonstration of his love for you for while we were sinners god demonstrated his love for us the second christmas gift was man's response of worship. The Magi took the reality of God's gift to man and it changed their life, the rest of their life. 
They came to worship him. What about you? Why have you come? Have you come to seek him? If you haven't, I want you to understand he's seeking you right now. Find him while he is near. Worship. Worship the one who came for you. Let's pray with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you know him, don't know about him, but I mean, if you know him as your Savior, if you have had that moment in your life where you have received a holy pardon from heaven, you've called out to God and said, God, forgive me, and he has, and you made him the Savior of your life, take this moment and say, God, I worship you. Thank you for being my Savior. But if you're here today, maybe you've come with a friend or a family member, Maybe you're in town for the holidays, or maybe you're in church like you often are, but you've never received that holy pardon. There's another Christmas gift for you today, a better gift than you got yesterday or the day before. It's an eternal gift. It's a holy gift. It's a gift of eternal life. The Bible says it's not what we do or how we earn it. We can't. But it's a free gift of God. He offers it to everyone. He's willing that none should perish. But every single one of us come to know him as their king. But you can't know that gift until you surrender to that king. You can't can't experience that pardon until you say, God, I need to be pardoned. Until you confess your sin. He said, if you will confess me, I will forgive you. Would you be willing to do that right now? Maybe you're watching this message online and God's speaking to your heart. You can email us at ministry at pcbc.tv. We'll email you back. We'll pray with you. We'll encourage you. We'll answer any questions that you have or we'll rejoice with you if this is the day of your salvation. If there's someone here in the auditorium in this moment, just call out to God and say, God, I need you to pardon me. I've sinned against you. God, I need the gift of eternal life. I need you the gift of life. I need Jesus. Pray that to him. And if you prayed that just now, I'd encourage you to make it public. You've already made it public on Facebook what you got yesterday. Why don't you make it public here what you got today? Why don't you let somebody know and give God the glory in this moment? Our ministers will be here. You can come to one of them or you can respond online and you can say, I trusted Jesus today. We want to rejoice with you as you bring in a new year with a new you. So, Father, thank you that you first loved us and that we can know your love, your pardon, your forgiveness. God, may we be wise in this moment. May we seek you with a heart of worship. We do this now in Jesus' name.